Yo, what up, what up, and what's good? Yeah, you know I mean, welcome to the Excuse My Adlib Artist Spotlight. Um, yo, I think I got a dope interview for y'all today. You know what I mean? I'm excited, you know what I mean, to talk to my man uh, Alfred Banks right here. Alfred, what's good, yo? Pretty good, man. How about you? I- I'm the same as you. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. Yo, um, why don't you tell us, before we get into the music and all that, you know what I mean? Tell us a little bit about you, your, your, your background, you know, where you come from, what you do, all that good shit. You know what I'm saying? Alright, well, my name is Alfred Banks. Um, I'm a rapper from here in New Orleans, Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? Based out of New Orleans. I'm a cancer, I like long walks on the beach. You know what I'm saying? I'm scared. Um I've been uh I've been doing my thing, you know what I'm saying, for a minute now, since like two thousand nine. We've been out here grinding. And um, you know, I'm very excited about the way things are going right now, you know what I mean? Putting in work, touring all across the world and uh some really cool things have been happening as of late, you know what I mean? Dope, dope. You you said 2009? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, June 6, 2009 was my very first show, so I've been out here for a minute. What was you doing before that? Just like making making music and putting it online or something? No, I was in high school. And what, what was you? So you didn't, You I mean, you was doing music, though, before that, right? I mean, yeah, I was writing. I didn't start, like, June 6, 2009 was my very first show. So I guess... I guess putting music on the internet on MySpace at the time, uh, we put out a couple records on MySpace that did pretty well, but um, yeah, that was pretty much the gist of it. And uh, my big homie, True Universal, um, who's like the OG of hip-hop down here in New Orleans, he um, put me on a showcase called the Grassroots uh, Showcase. And it was actually a showcase that a lot of guys that people know out of the city got their start, like D1, 3D9, T, Nessie Phipps, Currency even did, it came through a couple times, so... It was a big deal. It was it ran. It was like for ten years. It ran, and uh, I was literally I graduated. I want to say three weeks before, and uh, from high school. And we had a mutual. I had a teacher who was like, I'm pretty sure every school had that one teacher that was ultra black. And he <laughs> knew my man Truth, and he was like, Yo, yo, brother, you trying to do this music thing? I know a brother who could put you on, and he <laughs> put me on. And me and my homeboy Caesar at the time he went by another name. We rocked out, man, and that was that was pretty much the start of it all. Dope, dope, dope. Well, yo, you mentioned Caesar, and Caesar is your producer, right? Yes, sir. Yo, is that like a uh, like a like a Timberland and Magoo or or, or um, who I can't think of nobody else like a like a Just Blaze and Rockefeller type deal? You know what I'm saying? Where like that's your that's your go to producer, right? Yeah, at this point, yeah, he's my man, with the exception of a couple records over the course of my career. But as of about 2014, he's pretty much produced everything I've put out at this point. So about 80% of my catalog is season, man. That's my big home. I literally watched him make his first beat. And uh, we've been knowing each other since 2007. So we're friends first, and then we're, we're music partners. And that's my man, dog. He's like one of the most talented young men I know. He's a, a wonderful husband, wonderful father. Um, and he's just a good person overall. And his beats are just nuts. Like, the dude has an ear that you know not only do i thought i was the only person that'd be like yo this is this is crazy i always felt like when i did my stuff you know i just felt he was just the best dude on the planet like you know and i, and I know a lot of people feel that way about their specific guy but yeah. this dude is just incredible and luckily enough we've had some co-signs from some amazing people that that let us know we were, we were thinking the right thing yo he's fire you know what i'm saying like the shits that i heard from the shits that i heard that he produced for you fire you know what i'm saying and and i'm gonna say that because he's he, he makes my favorite kind of beats i fucking yo like before um 
I don't know, like, uh, but but let's say Kanye. You know, what I'm saying who to me was like a, a big deal. Like before Kanye, um, to me the people who did like the best soulful beats, they they never quite nailed it, except for maybe like RZA. I love when RZA used to do like something soulful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. RZA had a good a good feel on it. Yeah, RZA was dope. But ever since Kanye came out, you know what I'm saying, and he started doing, he started putting the flip on the on the soulful joints the way he did. I felt like. He did it the best. You know what I'm saying? That's just to me. You know what I'm saying? As far as like specifically soulful, looped up joints. You know what I mean? And anytime I hear somebody, you know, sampling the soul and doing it right, that shit, yo, I get dumb hype when I hear that shit. And then on top of that, when an artist could like spit and make that shit sound crack, then yo, it's my it's my shit, yo. I love music like that, yo. So um, thank you, man. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah. Caesar has one of these ears. Um, aside from just picking the sample, because that's the most important part, finding mm. a you know a sample that's like you know maybe unheard or if it's one that everyone knows, finding a different way to flip it. The dude's ear is just crazy, and I trust him. I pretty much I put my career in his I put my career in his hands, put my put the music out, and the dude never fails. Like every record I've ever put out with him is I feel like the greatest thing ever until the next one comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. That's dope, man. That's dope. Um, all right, so you said right after high school, you know what I'm saying, your man hooked you up and, and put you down with um, your boy out there in the city. But you, if I'm not mistaken, you did still go to college, though, right? Yeah, I attempted to go to college. Uh, we went there for two years, man. And, uh, you know, I was trying to do the, the school thing. And, it, you know, it was working. But um, life started to kind of get in the way. And so I became homeless. Um, I was like 17, 18, something like that. So it was kind of like, what do I do? Do I stay in college, um, be homeless and get a degree or do I jump out of school, go get a job and go get a crib? So I chose the latter. Right. No, but now, I, went to, I went to Loyola University in New Orleans. How, how did you end up homeless while going to school though? Like how come you couldn't like stay on the dorm or some shit? Uh, well, first of all, I had a full ride to Loyola, oh, <clears throat> but, um, I lived like 10 blocks away from Loyola. Well, I mean, it wasn't that close. I lived, I lived a minute away, but it was a walk. You know what I'm saying? It's the way the city of New Orleans is set up, even if it's two hours away, it's still a walking distance. The city is made to be walked. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I lived, um, at that time, I lived next door to the Magnolia Projects, which wasn't the greatest neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, so, for me, I was, I was just a commuter. I would just walk to school every day. You know what I mean? And one day I came home from school, and mom hit me with the, yeah, so we're getting evicted. And I was like, damn. So she's like, you got somewhere to stay? And I was like, yeah, I got somewhere to stay. And I had nowhere to stay. I just didn't want to worry her, you know what I mean? So she uh, packed up things and she moved to, uh, my grandfather left us a house and she moved there. And I just was kind of out here. You know, I was staying kind of like crib to crib, dorm to dorm. Um, But I did sleep. uh, There's a park across the street from Loyola. I slept in the park once or twice. Um, Nothing too crazy. Nothing that I'm proud of, actually. But, you know, went through what we went through. Got me a little day gig, stacked my paper, got me my first apartment all on my own, you know what I mean? Dope, dope. <laughs> so now, while you're homeless and in college, I'm assuming you're still doing music because uh, right before that, you just came out of high school, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, you got yeah, that. Yeah, I was rapping. I was rapping. Oh, uh, okay. All right, all right, all right. Yo, now. Um, I was always rapping. You said you was always rapping? Oh, man. Like, literally, it was my saving grace, you know what I'm saying? Like, during this time, I opened up for, like, Tiger and Chris Brown for the first time. Uh, I opened up for uh, my man Nesby Phipps, right, when he first did the, uh, that, uh, what's that joint called? The joint with, with him and Spitter. Um, uh, Beeper Bill, 
when he re- re- redid the Outcast hook or whatever. That was the first, right when he mm. was busting crazy. You know what I'm saying? I was, you know, but I was like skateboarding to my shows. I, I like, I had my stuff in storage, so I would like go to storage, get an outfit, put it on, um, go run to the show, have a backpack on with my other clothes in it. You know what I'm saying? Rock, leave, and just whatever. Yeah. Go figure out where I was going to go for the night. So yeah, who's who, who's getting it in, man? You know, again, that's not something I'm like super proud of, but I guess it just shows the work ethic. You know? Yeah, well, I was about to say, I I don't know if it's a matter of being proud or not. It is a matter of, you know, your story. And like, you're still out here doing what you got to do, even though shit was rough. I mean, you. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, you got uh, you got to do. Of course, of course. Now, um, you, you, I listened to, um, well, I listened to a few of your joints, but there was an album, I believe, the, uh, a beautiful prelude, the EP. You know what I'm saying? Where it was only. Like, yeah, yeah. How many tracks was on there? It was only three, right? There's only three. That's not even an EP. That's like a like a te- was it what they call it like a, uh, I don't like know, a it tester like a, or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. But, but yeah, it's an EP. I call it an EP. I, you know, yeah, that's my that's my baby right there. Man. I love that right. I love that project. Yo, now on those three songs, you talk about your brother. You know what I'm saying? Who passed away? And I'm assuming that March 20th, 2014, is the day you found out about your brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So now, what what is the timeline with that? Is that after high school, before before um, the, uh, leaving Loyola, or you know, while things was popping? Oh, that's off? way after. I left I left Loyola in my second semester. I went to school from 2009 to 2011, first semester of 2011. Okay, so I was right. there for like two and some change. So Landers left. Um, there was like this weird ten year gap though, like. From 2004, my brother was in the Marines, and so from 2004 to 2014, nobody heard from him. Uh-huh. Um, like, nobody in the family, right? So, like, he popped back up in our lives in 2014. Um, maybe I have it maybe a couple months late or something, maybe 2013. But he came back into our lives, popped up on me. My other brother, James, found him because they live on the, he lives on the West Coast. So he found Landis uh, Washington State. Landis was looking a little haggard. Mm. He took care of him, made sure straight. And uh, Landis came back down here by my mom's, uh, who lives a little couple hours away from us. And, uh, you know, he came back in my life. We linked up. We, we hung out for a second type of deal. And then a couple months later, my man was gone forever. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, a, it was a crazy, you know, uh, when I found out he, he suffered from schizophrenia, um, I didn't really know how to approach it because, you know, I'm African-American and in the African-American community there's no such thing as mental health. You, you get preyed on and that goes away. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really stand you know, how serious it was until I actually saw him go through episode. And, and it, you know, it, it, it struck me, it, it shocked me. It was just because I looked up to Landis was, it was impenetrable. He was impervious to everything in my eyes. And then to see him go through what he was going through, it crushed me, you know. But I felt more sorry for him just being like, damn, I can't believe my brother's going through that. And, yeah, March 20th, man, 2014, around like 4.30, 5 o'clock, my mom's called me. And that, that song, March 20th, 2014, is literally the day. I, re- I recreated the whole day. I got the phone call from moms. She told me what it was. I broke down, you know what I'm saying? I called my other brother, James, let him know he was hurt. And, uh, yeah, I was, that was a very emotional day, man. But i never forget that day for the rest of my life. Yo, that this song is dope, yo. And let me tell you why the song is also personal, personal to me, you know what I'm saying? Because I have two brothers, one older and one younger. And this is this is crazy because my older brother also has that schizophrenia. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, wow. it's I think it's paranoia schizophrenia. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm still, like you said, in our community, it's like a, it's not really like a developed thought and people be thinking about it. But to me, 
I'm still trying to, you know, <laughs> fully understand how it works because I'm like, yo, I don't know about all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up with him and I watched him d- grow up and t- develop into this. But then on the flip side, he's still alive and still, you know, living his life. But on the flip side, I lost my little brother um, in a car accident. And at the same time, listening to that song, I had to do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a call. Um, for, not a call, my fault. But, I, you know, I did. I, I got a call from somebody who used to uh run like the apartment we was in she was like in the apartment complex where me, me and my little brother used to live yeah. she called me i got the news then i had to call everybody else in the family and tell them about the news you know what i'm saying that shit was crazy you know what uh, i mean so listening yeah, to that song is crazy, was crazy. yeah yeah man that 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 song right there was bringing back memories because i'm like damn yo like I, I i i feel this on multiple levels you know what i'm saying and then um listening to the other two songs and shit is dope and, and again you have to, to me, like, you could put together a personal song like that. That's cool. But your bars got to be right. Your flow got to be right. The beat got to be right to present it properly in order for people to feel you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm like. Yeah, no doubt, man. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. Did a good That's ass real job. talk. Man. That's what's up. And I appreciate that. Thank you, man. I really, you know, and for me, the, the beautiful prelude, not not to dwell on it too much, but it, uh, not dwell on it, but not to go into it too much. But, yeah. you know, I actually had a lot of trouble putting that record out because, um, you know, the, uh, I, I'm, 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 I get posted on the blogs a lot and, um, there was a couple of blogs that I usually get posted on with ease and they didn't want to post it because of the, the subject matter. Um, uh, really? same blogs actually posted about the Kid Cudi situation, but that's neither here nor there, but gotcha. nobody wanted to post about it at that time. And I posted on Facebook. I was like, man, nobody wants to, you know, post this project. It sucks. And Charles Hamilton, uh, XXL freshman a couple of years ago, who's my favorite rapper. Mm. He, uh, messaged me, he, he commented on the thread, and was like, yo, can I premiere it on my website? And so, you know, because I know Mickey Fax, Mickey put me on the phone with Charles a couple of times. We chopped game, and I let him know he's my favorite uh, rapper or whatever, so we chopped, we talked uh, occasionally. For him to do that, man, that meant the world to me, so it just kind of brought that all the way back around, you know what I mean? So we dropped that project March 20, 2016, uh, which was the second year anniversary of my brother's death. And so March 20, 2017, next week, my new album, The Beautiful, which is my first album in four years, on the third year anniversary of his death, we dropped the album. And I can't wait, man. You know, so far, the, the energy's been there. We dropped the trailer for the album. It's got like 8,000 views, and people, you know, been sharing it. It got, it got debuted on Hip Hop DX. People showing love, man. Like, I, I teamed up with a couple mental health organizations down here in New Orleans, NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, as well as Unmasked the Stigma, Unmasked NOLA. Um, you know, we were working together doing some promo, just trying to like spread the word about mental health because the album is important, but mostly I'm just using it as a way to really bring awareness to mental health in the African-American community, man, because a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. And yeah. if you just walk on Canal Street out here, man, you'll see there's a lot of people suffering, and we just need to bring some attention to that, and I just hope my music can be that, that way to bring some attention. Yeah, yeah, and I think it is, and that's also a dope look, you know what I mean? Because I saw that, that you was, that there was organizations reaching out, you know what I mean, and trying to trying to do something with you, you know what I'm saying? Now, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a big believer that you know what I mean when, once you get older, you know what I'm saying you you get more information as you get older, and this information that you get it will be super helpful to the youth. You know what I'm saying to the kids they got to hear this information, but your delivery changes as you get older. So younger dudes are like, yo, I ain't trying to hear you. You know what I mean? Like you ain't making no sense to me. But one thing that we have in common is music. So if you could yes. if you could lure them in with good music but also have a dope message behind it, to me that's like that's one of the avenues that more companies should be exploiting. You know what I'm saying? Like how these companies are messing with you. 
So I I, you know, I, I support it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I I'll do what I can to spread the word too, because I think that's. And I appreciate that, man. Just doing this interview means the world. You know what I mean? Every every single uh, you know outlet that I've been on to try to spread the word, it means the world to me. And uh, you know, I'm very proud of this record, my man. Caesar did the whole record, nice. the whole record. And I'm talking about he shows his range on this joint. This joint has been four years in the making because that's been my go-to guy. But we've never done a full project together. Mm. Um, he's always had three, four, five joints on the project, but never liked the full joint. So I just told him, "Yo, we need to go ahead and just do a full joint." He's like, "Say no more." And I got my man Mickey Fax on the album. Got my man Mega Ran on the record. Um, and they, these guys aren't just like features to bring attention to it. They fit the project well. And this is my this this album is like my baby, and I, I you know I'm very excited. Seven days till it drops, I can't wait, man. I just can't wait. For, I mean, how how many tracks is on there? Um, it's thirteen, sixteen if you include the skits. All right, all right, go go. Yo, that's what's up, man. I'm I'm, I'm excited for that. Yo, um, so tell tell us about um. I, there was a song that I listened to that was called The Garden District. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Garden District is an area of town, one of the nicer towns, areas of New Orleans. So here's the deal. As I told you, I used to live in the Mag- uh, next to the Magnolia, which is one of the worst neighborhoods. Well, it was one of the worst neighborhoods. I mean, the Magnolia don't exist no more. But oh. it was one of the worst projects in New Orleans, so I lived next door to that for a minute. And so for me, I told myself, like, when I get my own crib, I'm going to get somewhere nice. I ain't never going back to the hood. Thus, I live in the Garden District now. Garden District is where... You know, John Goodman lives. It's where Archie Manning lives. It's where, uh, you know, Brad Pitt owns his home and, and, and all that stuff. So, like, I live in a nicer part of town. Like, I mean, and I just made sure I would never go back to the hood, man. So, nope. when I, I wrote that song, when, for me, I'm all about energy. So, I wrote that record when um, I moved into my new apartment here in the Garden District. And um, it was just that kind of, I just felt real good. I felt good about life. So, I wrote that record. Caesar did the beat. That sample was just crazy. Oh my god, that beat is crazy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I heard, I sat on that beat for like a year. I just never knew what to do with it. And then one day, it just hit. Dope, dope, dope. Now, um, you you mentioned uh, Mickey Fats a couple times, and you also mentioned um, uh, who was that? You said oh Charles Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Because he put you in contact with him. But how did you how did you get in contact with these folks? Because there's people out here grinding every day, doing their music and trying to you know what I mean trying to blow up you uh, you I, I believe i think you went on tour with mickey fats and opened up for him yeah yeah i did we did 15 city yeah how'd that come about and then you also did your own tour in 2016 right yeah uh, so the thing with me was one of my things was i i won't go on tour with somebody famous man. i won't go on tour with somebody that's known so i can help get my fans up and expose myself to people mm. uh pause uh, so nobody was like <laughs> reaching out. Nobody was <laughs> nobody was answering emails. I didn't have, really have that buzz yet, right? Yeah. So uh, I decided to book the tour myself. So I booked the full fifteen cities for Mickey, and I was like, "Yo, Mickey, you want headline?" And he's like, "Yeah." Uh, the tour, the the beautiful tour, I booked that myself. I was like, I had a headliner. I won't say their name, but I had a headline. It didn't work out. So I was like, "You know what? I'm just headlining this bad boy myself." Um, okay. That's, that's the end of it, man. I, I just booked my own stuff. So like for me. Mickey, I met Mickey in 2009. I opened for him right when the cover happened. And I opened for him then, and I was like, man, that's my big homie. I, I, I told him, I said, one day, Mick, man, we're going to work together. He was, nah, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, it's whatever. I was like, all right, cool. And so a couple <laughs> years later, 2000, I booked him in Baton Rouge. I'm sorry, I booked him in New Orleans. Out of my pocket, brought him down. 
he loved the show. The following year, I brought him down to Baton Rouge. I'm sorry, New Orleans, and then we did Baton Rouge, which is about an hour away. And so, um, and so from there, um, I hit him. I said, "Yo, I want to do a run, dog." And he was like, "I." Right. And that's literally what we did. My man trusted me with a. He trusted a 20 year old kid with a with a tour. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I I. I I'm forever grateful for that dude, man, because he really took a chance and he exposed me to, you know, some of the blogs that I'm still in connection with today. And that was such a blessing, man, for him to do that. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've been touring, I've been touring my whole life, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mostly from like 2011. Mm-hmm. And so 2016, I was like, you know what? The, the, the situation didn't work with, with, with that person, man. You know, let me test the waters and see what I can do. And it was pretty successful, man. You know, obviously we had some nights that was a little crazy, but it let me know I was in the right direction. I had fans, people come out to these shows. They they want to see Alfred, and it was love, man. So that's yeah. how that's how we really got in contact with those guys. What yo? What you mean by um some nights got a little crazy? What you talking about? Uh, I mean, like for example, we had a couple. We had like one or two nights that were like I'm talking about the crowd was Michael Jackson skin color light. It was crazy. <laughs> talking about like seven people in that bad boy. You know what I mean? I was like, Lord. Um, so that was that. Uh, <laughs> or like, um, we had this one night. I won't say the city because I'm, I'm going back to the city. But uh, we had this one night where this guy, I mean, it was that was that show that was like seven people. And I was like, damn, man. So, you know, as a, as a touring artist, you need to make merch. You need to, um, you know, guarantee was cool, but you need to make merch just to kind of supplement that, right? Boom. Right. So I'm in there, I'm like, man, we made like $10 in merch, and I got like three people, I got two other people with my opener, and then my opener opener, so I'm like, man, we're about to be a little bit hungry, like, we ain't got no food, like, we're bothering. And then this one guy walks in, man, and I'm talking about, he just great, great, he spent like $180 at the merch table himself, he bought like four hats for everybody he was with, and he bought like six CDs, it was crazy, I'm like, yo, thank you. But apparently that gave him the right to just be a creepster. Oh. I'm talking about this dude would leave. He was like, yo, man, we got to do an interview for my blog. And oh. like, sure, sure. Oh. The, the interview was like a two hours long. Like, yo, fam, I got other stuff. I'm not from this city, <laughs> fam. I want to go home. Yeah. Like, you bugging right. I really need to get back to the hotel. You tripping. You know, he told me, no, 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 we're going to go out. I'm going to show you this. I'm like, I don't know you. I'm not going out. You know what I'm saying? He just would dip. And my man. My man from he he from I'm from New Orleans. He from New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He from the hood. Like, he's a, he's been somewhere. He's seen some things. But that he he he's an N word to the you know. So he's like, hey, well, I'm about to pump. I'm like, say hey, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> Don't do nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was able to, to talk and get my man away. So it was stuff like that. But that type okay. of thing, those type of things happen on tour all the time. Man. Yo, but if you all right, so that, that that spot where it wasn't that many people. What happens with the um with with the like the person who owns the venue? Are they like, yo, this is bullshit? You know what I'm saying? You told me you was gonna bring this, that, and a third or whatever. Like, how does how do you manage nah. that? Because that was the first time I was in that city by myself. First time I went there was with Mickey. We had like 150, 200 people. So oh. it was live. Um, I went to another venue just go around, <laughs> and I told him, oh, well, my manager at the time told him, you know, look, we don't. We don't know if I draw strong then, but just give us the opportunity to see what's going on. And we had like eight people come out to see us, and that was cute. But it was it was a great starting point. You know what I'm saying? I always look at things as a positive light. So mm-hmm. Starting point because the very next night I drew 100 people out in this other city, so it was fine. You know what I mean? We okay. just we just have it's where we just had to work. But the venue owners, they usually, you know, my man loved the music. You know, because at, at my level at that time, at my level, it was kind of like, look, 
I know the crowd suck, man, but you really give a damn, and you gave these eight people work. Like, you was working your behind off, you rap dope, the music. Because it's one thing to not bring nobody and be whack. Right, like, fam, right. ain't never coming back to this thing. Agreed. But, like, I, I'm dope. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's not even being so, I'm, just, I'm dope. So, like, yeah. the man was like, yo, you good, you good money, son. You come back whenever you want. So, I'm going back in, like, two weeks. So. All right, dope. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say. So, uh, for the new joint that's dropping um, uh, on the 20th, are you touring for that, too? Yes, I am. Um, nice. I'm touring my man Marco Pave um, out of Memphis, man. That's my, that's my homie right there. He did a couple of TED Talks recently, and uh, that kind of blew him up. So me and him decided, look, we're going to put out, you know, I, I was very excited, man. Um, I told him about the album. He he loves the idea of the album. He got a new album dropping. He's got a lot of things going on on his end, but he was able to, to put his ego aside. We both put our egos aside and made something better happen for, for the greater of uh, of our respective cities. And I love that. So, yeah, River Kings 2 Tour, 17 cities, me, my man, Marco Pave. I'm supporting the beautiful, um, the album, you know what I'm saying? I'm super excited about it, man. Um, I can't wait. This, this album is my baby, and I hope, hope people love the music on, on the road. Yeah, yeah, dope, dope, dope. I, I want to, I want to see um, what this shit's gonna be like. You know what I'm saying? Because from listening to your music already, I'm already hyped to hear like some new shit. You know what I'm saying? Like when I hear like a dope artist, I always want to hear what their most current thing is because I feel like that's them putting their most energy into a project. So I want to hear it. You know what I mean? I can't wait. Yeah, man. If you can, man, please pre-order the record. You can pre-order at underdogcentral.com/slash/pre-order. Oh. Um, or you can um, just go to iTunes or Amazon or Bandcamp, you know what I'm saying, to um, to pre-order the record, man. Show love, you know what I'm saying? Let's make something shake, you know what I mean? Of course, of course. Too easy. Yo, but before you go, I want to ask you um, uh, real quick. You was, in a, you was in a Volkswagen commercial, right? Yes, sir. How did you, first of all, you don't work by yourself, right? Like, you got a team. Like, you, you mentioned management and all that. It's not just you, right? Like, you, y'all out here grinding. It's more than just you. Is me and my girl Tavia, and that's it. Yes, it. Yo, that's fire. You know what I'm saying? So the team of just y'all two got you in that Volkswagen commercial. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess you could say that. Yeah, they they hit us up, man. It was love. Um, that's fire. you know I put out this record called Homecoming, and it did you know pretty well. It did like two thousand views on YouTube and like three thousand on SoundCloud, whatever. It was, it was it was cute, you know. <laughs> and Volkswagen hit us up and was like, "Yo, we really like what you do. We love to use this song for our commercial." And at first, I was like, "Okay, great." So you just want the song for the background, blah blah blah. He's like, "No, no, no. We want you to become. We want you to be the face of this campaign." I was like, "Oh, it was like this European joint." I was like, "Love, man." So we did it. They flew me out to Pamplona, Spain, to our film. We filmed at a Volkswagen uh, like factory. And what you see in that commercial is real. There's like a thing swinging in the front and above us and stuff. We could have like altered died. It was crazy. Oh, um, but then the, the commercial did well. We got a million views, and then they flew me out to Germany to perform at this festival called the the uh, the, the Reprobahn Festival to support it. I performed in front of a bunch of Volkswagen execs and stuff. And it was love, man. That was a great experience. I'll never forget that. Ever. Did you did you shoot any behind the scenes uh, of that uh, when you did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, if you go on YouTube and look up Alpha Banks Volkswagen, that joint pops up, right? But if you look right in the suggested videos, there's this other video, like four or 5,000 views, just like the behind the scenes of it. Right. Um, dope. Very dope video. Man. I, I, those, those guys are so nice. And it was crazy because word started to spread out the city of Pamplona that some American rapper was in town to shoot a, a commercial. And so people were showing love, man. It was real good energy. And I, was, I found out I had a couple fans in Spain. People had already been following me. So that was 
that was incredible. You know what I'm saying? So it was just a great experience. 2016 was a great year. And, you know, 2017 is working, looking to be just as good. So, yeah, yeah. Volkswagen was great. Dope, dope, dope. All right, well, yeah. Um, I, I like to ask all of my interviewees, you know what I'm saying, before they peace out, to give like a piece of advice to somebody who's listening maybe right now that thinks they could be the next Alfred Banks. You're doing a lot, you know what I'm saying? You came from uh, a situation that, you know, you were homeless back there in college, you know what I'm saying? Before that, you know what I mean? Um, you, you know, you lived, like you said, you lived across the street from a, a, a fucked up part of town, you know what I mean? Or or yeah. even, you know, losing your brother and all that other stuff. Like, your story is is there, but there's a lot of there a lot of people who would take that and be like, nah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just not destined to do anything. I don't, I don't think I could do this. What... What advice do you have for somebody who might be going through something tough or is just pretty much trying to be, you know, trying to get put on? Man, just work, be as persistent as possible, and always figure out ways to progress. I think a lot of people get stuck in the idea of one thing works, so if I just keep doing that, it'll work. Okay, first of all, in the music industry, there's no such thing as your music doing the work for you. So just get that out of your head. There's no track that's going to drive by itself and just do everything. You're not going to get signed because you dropped a song. Right, the song, the music is like step one of eighteen. You know what I mean? And you gotta just work. You gotta figure out when you're looking at your favorite rapper doing stuff on TV. Don't look at him in an African way. Look at him like, damn, how did he do that? You know? Like right. when I walk into a store now and I see clothes, I like. I don't think, hmm, how can I get the money to buy it? I think, damn, how can I get this for free? And that's pretty much my my idea for the, my whole life. Like everything I do, I want to work to go to progress and go forward. Always think of ways to progress. Every six months, you should have done something you haven't done before. You know what I mean? Every year, you should have done something you, you can rep on for the rest of that year until you do the next thing. So just keep working. Keep grinding. you got to be dope. Like, put out the nicest music you can. Mm. Team up with people who really believe in what you want to do and make sure they get paid accordingly. And just grind, man. Dope. Just grind. That's it. That's what's us. up. Yo, man. Yo, listen, man. This was dope, man. I appreciate you coming through. You know what I'm saying? Um, for for anybody listening, the the all of the links to your social and everything, which you could give out here in a second, I'm going to put it at emaradio.com slash banks. If you go there, you'll see all the links to all that. Oh, so yeah, where, no doubt, no doubt. Where are you most active online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, man. Love to do it. Where, where are you uh, most active online that people could follow you? Um, You follow me on the Twitter, Daddy. Um, Twitter and Instagram are actually both. Um, I'm very active on that. Twitter.com slash underdog central. Instagram.com slash underdog central. You can also throw a like on my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash underdog central. Too easy. Um, just go to the full website, which is underdogcentral.com. And last but not least, as of yesterday, the movie Burning Sands, uh, this movie uh, about like fraternity life African Americans, I got it, and it's exactly produced by Common. I got my song in that movie called Underdog Central. So, it's underdog central everything, man. You know what I'm saying? So just yo. search that and you'll find Alpha Banks for sure. Fire, yo, man. That's what's up, yo. Appreciate it once again, yo. Good luck, man. No doubt, man.